Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I'm Kate. And I'm Allison. And we are the Itty Bitty -bitty Wedding Committee. Committee. (laughs) Committee. Welcome to season two, everybody. (laughs) We're doing great. We are so excited to be here. So excited that we have a podcast that has a second season. It seems yes. official. It's pretty cool. Uh, we are nearly into 2021. When you hear this, it will be. We're recording this uh, two days before the new year. Yay! Three? What? When are we recording this? What's the two day? days before? <laughs> okay, there we go. And yeah, it's um, you know, 2020 is still rough going, but we made it through Christmas. I'm getting foster kittens. Weddings will still be happening next year. Uh, to some extent, in some form, at some time. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, uh, as you can tell, we're feeling very optimistic about certain things and a little more uncertain about others. But that's the topic of today's episode. Looking forward to 2021. And yeah, what are we so what thinking? We'll... What are we expecting? What do we think is going to happen? Yeah. What do we hope doesn't happen? I know, I know. What can we will out of existence? I know, uh, the, the whole pandemic is yeah, what we can please, will please, out. Please. And right now, as we're recording this, they're uh, just as of today, the first recipient of the Pfizer vaccine got her second dose, which is I saw that. Awesome. Yeah, super exciting. And a lot of people have already gotten their first dose. People I know, people you probably know. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that continues. Uh, I'm just so excited for when parents and grandparents can start getting theirs and you know I'm less concerned about when I can get mine all those selfish yeah I'd love to be able to travel and do weddings and see people in person and all that fun stuff so yeah what do we think weddings are going to look like uh Allison I know Hmm. you have a planning client you've been talking with about this and yes I don't know if we want to do this like kind of a month by month conversation or what are we seeing happening for 2021? Just leaving with that. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard. Like it's hard to like do month by month. Like I I feel like I'm just like I'm processing this pandemic in chunks. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just like I feel like going like it's well, it's December now. It'll be January by the time this airs. But like we're at the beginning of the year and I just feel like things will still be kind of uncertain until like, I don't know. I was having a conversation. I forgot who I was talking to, but we were kind of having a conversation about like when we kind of think things are going to start to shift, like best case scenario. And I said like realistically, like not until maybe like April at the earliest is kind of my mindset because I feel like you know with the vaccine like you know kind of being pushed out like it's still a very very slow process Um, and I think it's probably going to take at least like three or four months before it gets to the point where more people have access to the vaccine and more people are able to take it Um, get their second dose yeah, so I don't know. I'm a realist, which sometimes sounds like I'm being pessimistic, but I think I'm setting my expectations for the first like the first quarter of the year to kind of be where we're at now, where it's like it's not like 
an entire shit show but we're mm-hmm. still like we're not out of the weeds yet you know what I mean it's like a, a like skid mark show yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I'm such a poet but I think yeah the what I'm thinking is probably if we're lucky in March we'll be maybe up to 10 people again and yeah. Just realistically, when there isn't enough distribution of the vaccine, when we're still indoors and things are cold, when all this stuff is happening, uh, we're we're not going to have many events. And I am not very optimistic about the second quarter either, but Mm. I think people really need to take this at their own pace because there are some clients who, and some couples who are just thinking, you know, I don't want to deal with the uncertainty. I want to start designing invitations and printing them and mailing them. And I don't want to go through anything again and keep feeling like the rug is getting pulled out from under me. So I am just going to move this now. I had a June 2021 event. I'm moving it to 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are other people who are still holding out for this few months. And which stresses me out. (laughs) I, yeah, and I think <laughs> from a planning it really comes perspective, down, it comes down to them doing their own cost benefit analysis. So, what's it mm-hmm. going to look like if they don't postpone now and have to postpone later? Mm-hmm. But also, what's it going to look like if they postpone and then think like maybe we could have had this when we originally planned it? And how will that feel? And what will the costs be? on either end, like literal Mm -hmm. costs, as well as the emotional and social costs. So what's the impact, not only on you, but on your loved ones and your guests. So I think a lot of couples, what I'm just having them do is kind of look inside themselves and see what works for their personalities and for their planning timeline. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this the whole time. What works for one couple doesn't work for another. Maybe some people are trying to race the clock when it comes to an illness with a loved Mm -hmm. one and they just want to get this done maybe they're racing the biological clock and they're like you know what I want to be pregnant yesterday so let's get this on the road (laughs) uh or they're like you know what I'm not I've I've had some people say I just I don't know if I'll fit in my dress in another year (laughs) whatever it is it already got tailored I I don't want to keep reworking this so there are any number of reasons to either decide relatively early compared to other people to postpone versus to wait a longer time before making that decision and people also need to think about their priorities when it comes to their event because I was just thinking that Mm -hmm. yeah I think this summer just like we saw uh summer 2020 people will be able to have events they'll very likely be able to go up to 50 they'll probably look different you know we'll focus on outdoors or we'll focus on uh less dancing and more of the Mm -hmm. social experience other than dancing uh, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe we'll be able to have 150 people this summer and dance floors. And who knows? I am not super hopeful that we'll have that, say, in June or July. But it's yeah. something that a lot of people aren't ready to pull the trigger on just yet. And with good reason, because I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know everything. Yeah. I, I monitor this. I see how things have gone. I see what the likelihood is that we'll still be wearing masks and all that. And yeah monitor what will testing look like but like I would probably like if people were like hey things are like not as you know crazy and you have a 0.1 percent chance of catching the coronavirus come 
may like I'd probably still wear a mask <laughs> like, <laughs> I probably would still like walk out in my proverbial biohazard suit um but you know to your point I think that's part of the stress of being in this industry is that you know whether you're a planner or you know whatever your area of expertise is a lot of these couples are like they look to you to be a resource for them and they look to you to guide them like aside from there just being a pandemic. So when you add like all this uncertainty from, you know, just kind of navigating this, like it adds an extra layer of stress. Cause it's like, of course, in a perfect world, I would love to be able to tell people, oh yeah, sure. You can have this. And I, I wish I could promise, you know, people that everything is going to be fine by June, but it's like, we, we can't do that. Like we're technically still in the same boat as everybody else of, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, but still having to try to plan with, you know, whatever little bit of pieces of the puzzle that we do have in front of us. And like you were saying, you know, it's a really good piece of advice to tell people to really sit down and think about your priorities and think about what's driving you to try to push to have this wedding happen or what's driving you to strongly consider postponing it and really looking at those bare bones things. Um, and just even like with my, like one couple that I'm working with right now, like I literally told them, look, like I can't tell you what to do. I can't make the decision for you. I just give you, you know, my best advice based on the information that's available. Um, and I did tell them, think about your priorities. Like when you take away, you know, the dress and, you know, the venue and the invitations, when you take away all those things, what is your motivation for wanting to, you know, do this wedding and let that yeah. kind of help be like a guiding factor for what they decide to do. And for some people, it really is like, you know, they really do want to have, you know, that 200, 300 person thing because, you know, for them, each and every one of those 200 people might be very close and important people for them. And they would rather push it back so they can have that than to have to eliminate important people to them to try to, you know, make this like smaller scale thing happen because of the pandemic. And if that's you, right. like, you know, don't feel guilty about it. Just be realistic that that's something that's important to you and make that decision based off of that. But just also remember that, you know, you can't be selfish. And I know like the wedding is about, you know, you and your partner and, you know, it's supposed to, you're supposed to be the center of, you know, this entire occasion and this entire celebration, but ask yourself, are you willing to put your friends and family at risk of potentially catching a possibly life-threatening virus because you wanted to have a wedding? Like, it's not a fun thing that people should want to talk like it's not a fun thing to talk about it's not like no one is excited about having to have that conversation but I encourage people to ask yourself that question like is what you're trying to do worth the risk of you possibly putting someone else at risk yeah and I think a less uh dire but equally important well not equally important but uh very heavily weighted question that you need to think about too is mm -hmm. if you're dealing with the uncertainty what are the guests going through because if you right. have those 150 guests let's say they're all wondering about if your wedding is happening what travel arrangements they should make what's refundable what isn't mm -hmm. what their schedule should look like what 
contingencies they need to consider to make sure they're safe or the people around them are safe. So if you're having this uncertainty, your guests probably are too. And right. you can, of course, communicate this like we're monitoring this. We'll put information and updates out on our website or we'll do an email blast or whatever that is. Um, and just keep that in mind. If you have this uncertainty and you have hundreds of guests, uh, they're right in there with you, but they don't get to call the shots either. Just right. like you weren't calling the shots with the pandemic, but you at least get to make some calls. I think another thing that we want to think about is that when you're asking yourself all the questions, Allison, that you just mentioned, you'll also want to remember there are literally millions, millions of couples all over the world, but in yes. America, lots and lots and lots, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands, I would imagine, who are, you know, a few hundred thousand, definitely, who are trying to get married. And they're asking mm -hmm. themselves these same questions and they're competing for these dates and venues and vendors. And mm -hmm. I know it sounds really hard to hear, but everyone is going through this and it feels more personal, of course, when it's you and your wedding. And it seemed more hypothetical when you started planning and started booking, but now it's actually mm -hmm. getting very real to you. I get that. That is terrible and it's hard and it's emotional and it sucks. But all those other people who are going through similar emotional processes are also asking themselves these questions. And to some extent, you are in a, a little bit of a competition because there are only so many dates and venues and good vendors. Yeah. So if you're delaying mm -hmm. on this decision, just know you might have to make certain compromises with the vendors you've already booked who aren't available. And that's more of a cancellation on your part or yeah. just not having good options open for dates and locations and your whole team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. Yeah. Especially like when it comes to just how to navigate like vendors that have already been booked. Like, like you said, like it's, I hate to use the word competition, but I mean, that's what it is, especially in a city that we operate in, in Chicago, where it's very competitive with, you know, venues and certain vendors and things like that. Like that's how it is here on a regular day <laughs> without a pandemic. So when you oh, add yeah. to the mix, you know, not just, you know, you and your partner, but, you know, like you said, thousands of other couples that are also going through this, it's like you, you, oh, I don't want to sound too harsh, but you're going to do yourself a disservice if you wait to the last minute to try to pull the trigger on whatever that you decide to do. And, you know, I'm a big believer of being proactive and trying your best to, you know, get ahead of the things that you can get ahead of. So if you're in a position where it's like, your say for example your wedding is scheduled for summer of 2021 so it's like you're kind of in that weird limbo space right now where it's like things could potentially be fine by that point but they could also not be and you might have to compromise and restructure your original plans based on yeah. how the pandemic is by that point and so it's like even with the uncertainty like I would highly encourage people to be proactive and just start having those early conversations with your vendors because at like worst case scenario you know the backup plan goes out the window and you're able to have your wedding and you don't have to worry about having to rebook but it's like how upsetting would it be that if you wait to the last minute and then all of a sudden you find out that your vendor doesn't have your rescheduled date or that they can't take your wedding because they're already 
you know, overbooked for whatever that new date is. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, just bite the bullet. I know it sucks. Like, I know it's like the last thing that anybody wants to think about is like, um, you know, I might potentially have to postpone this, but do yourself a favor and at least try to get ahead of some of the conversations that you'll have to have with your vendors. So at the very least, like you can, I don't want to say guarantee, but have a better idea of what your vendor's availability is just in case you do have to postpone or shift the date or what have you. It's like, just just ask the question and find out and then it'll just give you more peace of mind when you try to figure out whether you need to postpone or downscale or whatever the case may be. So call your vendors and don't wait until three months before. (laughs) I completely agree. Uh, I also don't want to beat a dead horse, but I know we've talked about the kind of process for postponing. So here's what that looks like for me almost every time. I connect with my couple about their priority dates and some of the compromises they might need to make. So find out if they're open to Fridays, Sundays, Thursdays, whatever. I find out what seasons they're open to. Are they open to non-peak season? Which now is kind of an air quotes because every season, once we can have weddings for a while, is going to be peak season. Yeah. I've got February like we're gonna of have 2022. Like- yeah, I was going to say, we're going to have peak wedding season in Chicago, January through April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever it's, we're ready, it's we can have full really, weddings again. Exactly. So, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Peak wedding season is going to be, oh, it's legal? Great. I'm getting married. Any day it's legal. This is happening. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be that for a while. So we won't see a lull. But uh, be open to that and understand that if you're looking at for example fall in Chicago like okay good luck because everyone's looking at fall in Chicago the first time bookers are looking at fall in Chicago and if you're Mm -hmm. on multiple postponements you're realistically probably going to have to pay a premium with many of your vendors just because if a vendor booked you for 2020 and they booked you for the off season and now you're looking at peak season two years later and they've already held that first date for you mm-hmm. at a discount because it was off season and they held your or other postponed date which also could have caused them to turn away more business equaling or even more than the value of the original booking and now you're moving to another season when they could do it if you have fees I can practically guarantee you because I've seen this uh, I've seen it with myself those fees won't nearly cover the cost of the lost business and the additional yeah. work that goes into this Uh, they are really just some small attempt to mitigate some of those losses. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, for example, am being as flexible as I can and really, really, really just trying to kind of cross my fingers and hope that things are fine because I, I just don't want to keep charging and charging and charging couples. But when vendors do, it's not because they're taking advantage. It's because they're staying afloat and they don't want to yeah. nice themselves out of business because we all have an obligation, not only to the couple that's postponing, but to every single couple who has booked us, who needs us to be there. And they're all going to lose their money and their services if a vendor goes under. Yeah, exactly. So just keep that one in mind. I, I get advocating for yourself, but you know, keep that one in mind that vendors are going to nice themselves out of business if they just let this happen indefinitely for any reason in any scenario and uh anyway I had that grain of salt so keep them like here's what I do (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was a very long tangent what I do is I reach out find out about what they think their open options are and what range of dates and days of the week we're looking at connect with the venue 
to find out what the venue has. I bring those dates to the couple, tell them generally what might be good and available with their other vendors. This also depends on how many they have booked. If they have 12 vendors fully locked in, paid in full, I'm really going to want a date that works. Whereas if they only have like three vendors booked so far and we can be a little more flexible with those, maybe we have some better options open. So I will come back to the couple, I'll say pick top three or top four or whatever it is. And I'm going to blast that out to every single vendor on your team and ask them like, what are you open for? And what are your policies surrounding this? Uh, I say policies because of course they will tell you about any costs associated, but they'll also tell you about, does this mean you've lost a deposit? Does this mean you don't have to uh, pay anything? Or maybe you have a redesign or maybe you have all these other things or what does it look like if it's completely forced by a state order versus you're deciding this really early on because you want to push the date. So all those other things, you know, we keep them in mind. We see if their payment schedules get updated, if they need to sign a new contract or an addendum, which is just a modification of the original contract. Mm -hmm. And we try to make those moves quickly. Uh, If we aren't quite ready to make a move, we pick that one top date that seems to work for everybody. We ask them to put it on a soft hold. We ask them when that hold will end or if we get the right of first refusal, refusal, if somebody wants to challenge it. And we can sit on that for a little while if that's the case, but things move very, very, very fast. So you have to be very, very fast. Yes. Communicate with your vendors and respond quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the process. I think like the biggest takeaway from everything um, that you just said there is that I think I know that it's difficult for couples to have to shift from whatever they were originally envisioning for their day. Like, I know it's hard. I'm very much that type of person where it's like, once I've made up my mind on how I'm going to do something or what I want, like, that's what I'm doing. And I think in a situation like that, (laughs) like you have to force yourself to be flexible. And I know that I'm pretty sure that's probably a word that's been thrown around a lot for a lot of couples is flexibility. And I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but it'll, as crappy as the situation is, it'll be slightly less crappy if you allow yourself to be a little bit more flexible with a lot of the things that you were mentioning, Kate, like the date and leaving your options open for alternative dates and leaving your options open for I mean, in some cases, alternative venues, like depending on the venue where like they might not be able to accommodate your new, newly structured wedding for whatever the case may be, or like being flexible on the number of people. Like that's a really big one. I know like a lot of times, you know, couples don't want to have to cut a guest list, but so you really have to like boil down those priorities and ask yourself where you can be flexible and where you maybe don't want to be. And then, you know, get into your plan. Go ahead. Sorry. I think we had some Zoom lag. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think our internet (laughs) is a little iffy. Uh, No, you're fine. I, so I would like to just uh, have a little bit of a dissenting opinion with being flexible with the venue, because unfortunately I have seen uh, several scenarios and a lot of these haven't played out, but they've been floated as if they Mm -hmm. might be more viable ideas than they are about changing venues because you want something outdoors, which is not a magic anything solution. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, you're still going to be dealing with a lot of the same guidelines and all that. Right. Outdoors, guests will still mm-hmm. be uncertain. Outdoors is not magic. It's just a little bit more of a safety net. 
um, or changing venues just because your other venue wasn't available or anything like that. Just keep that in mind if you're trying to be yeah. quote unquote flexible with venues. Your vendors still need to follow the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Your vendors that you book in one place for one venue, that is a particular wedding that they signed on for. They didn't sign on for another venue, another town, another state. So if things change, make sure they're game for that before you pull the trigger because I am not going to travel to Indiana, for example, to get around COVID guidelines. A lot of other vendors won't either. You didn't contract us for that. So keep that in mind, have those conversations. Um, and do keep in mind that if you're canceling with your venue because something about it isn't clicking for you, uh, that could very well be you canceling rather than the yeah. venue canceling and you might lose money on that. So all just stuff to keep in mind, not to say don't do anything one way or another, but keep that in mind. Yeah, for so sure. Being flexible. being flexible also means like making sure you take things into account and have a big picture idea of what things look like and what decisions look like before you make those decisions and then don't like the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, what else though? Let's, let's talk about some positive stuff for 2020. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like things could be really good for later in the year. I really do. Yeah. And I think micro weddings are on the trend and I love it because I love small weddings. And if you, I mean, in my mind, small wedding is like 60, but I mean, Hey, I'd be excited about like a 10 person thing, you know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. that's something to look forward to. Um, and just seeing like these really kind of intimate and unique ways that, you know, some of these couples are still making the day special just on a smaller scale and, you know, how they're kind of incorporating like fun details and making things personable. And cause obviously like when you don't have to pay for 150 people and you now <laughs> are only planning for 10, like you have much more wiggle room to do like really cute, fun, like detail things. So I think that's like something that's going to be really fun to look forward to. Um, I would say elopements, but honestly, you know what though? Like I would say in, in a, quote unquote, perfect world and air quotes, like if things get to a point where people can travel safely, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more like an uptick in in elopements and things like Mm -hmm. that. I think that would be super fun. Just kind of seeing that happen more than like your average, average wedding. I think that would be super fun to see too. Especially like you said, at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think city hall weddings are going to continue to be a really strong trend. Uh, I think we're going to see, just like we did this past year, a lot more focus, like you said, on the details and the decor, but also the quality of the meal, because Mm -hmm. you need to find creative entertainment, creative ways to divert yourself when you're dealing with uh, just everything that is going on and figuring out how you can avoid a dance floor and that stuff that people aren't necessarily doing. Well, when you said menu, I was thinking like, splurging on the actual menu because there's less people and I'm just like uh surf and turf for everyone and rack of lamb for everyone <laughs> because it's less people so like that's what I would want to splurge on like if I was like even oh, I have to cut my guest list in half like a guest list <laughs> in half oh I'm going all out on the food like that's I'm just throwing all my money to the food just just upgrade all my food stuff <laughs> oh totally yeah get so much good stuff And yeah, yeah, I think people are also probably for a while, I don't think this is a long-term thing, but I Mm -hmm. think people will rely a lot more heavily on digital 
correspondence rather than printed correspondence and mailed correspondence, just because mm-hmm. I think we're we're trying to build that trust in the post office again, but also uh, people are just getting sick of spending on mailers only to have to resend yeah. them and get them redone yeah. in a few months. So hopefully that one, that trend goes away because I do like, you know, I hate the waste, but I love a beautiful invitation. Same. I do love good stationery. Oh, it's so nice. Double thick letterpress with blind embossed and just all kinds of stuff. So pretty. All the good stuff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I think for 2021, something I'm really looking forward to is seeing just the creative adaptations of the weddings that have shifted gears. Mm-hmm. We have one that is now in its third postponement and it's more of a really fun, super festive Christmas party for next year. Yeah, that's and awesome. S- exactly. Stuff like that is just really cool to see. Like, yes, it does mean a little more reworking, more redesigning, whatever, but it's just so fun. And I love that the couple has taken this massive lemon, like threw it them and turned it into something really creative and really unique and special. So it's mm-hmm. still a wedding and we're still doing a ceremony, but the party itself just reflects like this place everyone's at mentally where it's just like okay we want a party 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 I mean the parties next year there will be no chill wedding receptions once we can have I mean I don't think there'll be any chill at all (laughs) yeah I think I think we've already lost all chill (laughs) yeah have you seen like on um like social media at at all like what people are saying about like the 1920s and now it makes sense why the 1920s were so like lavish and over the top because of all the terrible things that happened like a couple of years before like that's how it's gonna mm-hmm. be 2021 it's like yep I'm gonna wear a ball gown to Whole Foods and I don't care because <laughs> <laughs> everything's gonna be like kind of lavish and fun and I mean I wouldn't be opposed to that just seeing like people like decked out just because they can be because they don't have to be stuck in the house anymore Mm-hmm. And just kind of like yeah, applying I've, that mindset to weddings, like that's going to be fun. I mean, I was baking in a long, plunging red velvet gown because that's where I'm at, where I was just like, <gasps> I, I love to dress up and I have, I have nowhere to go. I'm just going to bake some cookies and I'm going to look fabulous when I do it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just for yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely not for John. John is sick of my baking because we have so many desserts in the house right now. Yeah. You make it sound like Non-stop. that's a bad thing. Uh, he makes it sound like it's a bad thing. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I like, feel like I don't have enough desserts in the house. So just leave some on your porch and I'll just come grab it and do a drive by mm-hmm. and just scoop up some dessert. <laughs> yeah, if home. he if he hears this, he will be calling you like, please take all of this. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm hoarding it. It's mine. Oh my goodness. Well, you you bake a lot and you cook a lot, don't you? Uh, I'm more of a cooker than a baker. Like I I feel okay. like I'm slowly easing myself into the world of baking because baking has a lot more science and chemistry involved than I would like and I love to like I like cooking because you can kind of just like really experiment and kind of throw things together without like you know at risk of blowing up your apartment yeah you can (laughs) whereas if you like mess up the measurements between baking soda and baking powder when you're trying to make a cake like who knows what's going to happen in your oven so Mm -hmm. I don't know just baby stepping I've been doing a lot of cookies um and like things like that but like nothing to like like I haven't tried to like bake like a whole ass cake yet I want to but I don't think I have I don't know if I have the patience to 
to do cakes yet. And I think I need like a bigger kitchen to do cakes. I don't think, I mean, if you're doing just like a simple cake, I don't think it takes too much patience, but I, I can't decorate to save my life. Yeah. And then that's the thing too. Like I'd want to invest in all the decorating tools. And I'm like, once the pandemic is over, I'm not going to like use any of this. And I know myself, I can't do it. Cause I don't like to half-ass anything. So if I was like, I'm going to bake a cake, like I'd like go to Michael's and like buy everything in the cake baking aisle and like the little like bags for the frosting with like the different mm-hmm. attachments. So you can make like frosting designs and my boyfriend would be like, what the hell did you buy at Michael's? And I'm like, I'm going to be cakes. <laughs> so I am a couple steps ahead of you, but very like bad costly steps where I have a lot of that stuff, but I'm too afraid to use it because yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> so I just, I have this stuff sitting around and every time I try, I get intimidated because I don't want to turn it into a job. I just want it to be fun and I want to wing yeah. it and I want to be freewheeling with it. But what that ends up being is I decide okay I'm going to pipe icing onto a cookie which I tried to do one time and I thought it was too hard it's it's hard if you're not used to it (laughs) exactly so that's where I get and then like I fail at this thing I didn't prepare to do and then it becomes intimidating and then I just avoid it yeah no so that's me in the kitchen I like, oh, I'm going to invest in this like fondant rolling machine. Like I would just make so many bad financial decisions trying to like make cakes. I'm just going to say you don't even want to eat the fondant. You probably know, wouldn't even want to eat the fondant you make. <laughs> there are only a couple of bakers I've ever known who can make good fondant. And Ooh. it's still, it's like part of the trick. I mean, it just has to be so thin, you know? Interesting. Send me these people's information later because I have a birthday cake that I have to buy. Oh, nice. Wait, whose birthday? For Jesus's birthday. Oh, nice. When is it? It's at the end of January. So I'm being proactive now and trying to scope out a good cake baker. Um, Cause I like, I don't want it to be like, I want it to be like a fancier like birthday cake, like not like three tiers or anything like that, but just like kind of a little bit more of like a design element than like your standard birthday cake. So I'm like yeah. researching cake bakers right now. I'm open to suggestions. I've only heard from one person so far. (laughs) Also, this is not at all related. I feel like now we're winding down on our 2021 conversation and this is not related, but your teeth look amazing. Are you whitening them? What do you do? Can I have them? Can we brush my teeth and that's it? (laughs) Oh no, they look really good. Maybe I got, um, I've been very, because in normal times I'm good about whitening my teeth and I wear lipstick and blah 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 and I just gave up since the pandemic started and I realized a couple of months ago how yellow my teeth looked on a zoom call and I got really insecure about it (laughs) during the call with some potential client and I don't even remember which call it was it could have been with a current client actually but I just started getting so weirded out that I felt like I was awkward on the call because I was just focusing on my terrible teeth so I, uh, I have a Clarisonic toothbrush now. I got one of those Ooh. and got it like a little gel at home whitening kit, but only have done Does it, it work. So oh, okay. the toothbrush Too soon to tell. definitely, well, the toothbrush is great, except I'm getting used to, I've never used one of those and it mm-hmm. just kind of splatters everywhere and it makes you drool a lot. Mm, it's like you want to drool, <laughs> but then the drool splatters as soon as it starts to come out of your mouth. And I feel like there's gotta be a solution because I'm not the only person who's ever used one of these but our bathroom Mm. is currently a disaster so I need to figure out my 
technique. Have you ever tried like the charcoal thing that was like on trend a couple mm. years ago? I never got into it because I, I was like, I'm not sure if it works, but. In my very early 20s, because I was working on organic farms and I was vegan and I was this and that, I tried all the hippy dippy natural body products and I hated all of them. None of them really worked. Like, sorry to anyone who's listening who swears by that, but I don't want your salt crystal lavender bullshit deodorant. I don't want clay toothpaste. I want the nasty chemical stuff because uh, I have bullshit. De- I mean, it's it's bullshit deodorant that works, but I use it. Yeah, I use Native. I like Native. That's supposed to be good, actually. Fucking but expensive, I, but it I like really? it. And it works, so <laughs> it's whatever. It's my well, splurge when I go to advertiser. Target. That's actually that's great. Like what? Because I've tried the stuff with hops and lavender and salt, and none of that was any good. Yeah, I like it because it's like it's anti-cruelty, like healthily made, but like there's so many like scent options. Um, and I'm like mm. super obsessed with the one that I have now. It's like like rose and something. And it like it makes me like it, I smell like I have on perfume and it's like just deodorant. It's wonderful. But it's like a natural really, kind of like perfume. Have you yeah. used it for the summer? Because like during the winter, I don't even need deodorant. But then in the summer, yeah. God help anyone near me. Well, I started using Native, when did, I think the beginning of this year. And like I kind of stuck to it through the summer and it worked out pretty well. Okay, cool. I mean, I, yeah. I haven't been around you in the hot months to confirm or deny, but yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I did see you in October outside and you probably had a sweater on, but I do not remember any BO smell. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not work. a big sweater, but like it has to be like super hot and I have to like also be outside, but but no, it gets it gets the job done. Nice. Okay, I'm going to try it. So I guess now we are uh plugging native deodorant please give us a lot of money native deodorant sponsor us <laughs> sponsorships you, are like native. what two yeah it's like two million dollar value to start right I mean how much I we get so. something like that yeah <laughs> anywho back to weddings in 2021 I, I'm still getting used to saying 2021 it doesn't roll yeah, off the tongue like 2020 2022 really is easier to say yeah, I feel like we'll hard. just start calling it 21. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I hope we weren't too much of a downer during this episode. I feel yeah. like our take is pretty solid. I think it also depends where you are. This mm-hmm. is what things look like in Chicago and in Illinois, because that's our approach. If you're in another place, where things aren't so shut down or you have a lot more outdoor options then what we're saying probably doesn't apply to you but I think in a Mm -hmm. lot of parts of the country just with the information we have on hand about the state of weddings and what things are going to look like uh, you don't need to panic you just need to have a couple of contingency plans in place yeah and with a good planner or at the very least with a good vendor team you can still really make this happen and you can still enjoy the process a hundred percent just yeah. Have a plan in your back pocket and know what your options are. And please keep having fun. Keep planning. Keep enjoying this because being engaged and planning your wedding is really exciting and really fun. And maybe there are a few more steps to it these days. Yeah. But I mean, you're going to have a hell of a party. Yeah, for sure. 
and well, I was gonna say dress shopping, but you can't really shop in person. But you, it's cool. Well, you what, can. You can't bring. Yeah, a lot. you can't bring. Yeah, a lot of it's been cool to see like what different bridal boutiques are doing to like accommodate people right now with just shopping like the virtual appointment thing like some of I don't know if some are shipping like dresses for people to try on at home don't quote me on that don't go to Kleinfeld and be like Allison from itty bitty wedding committee said that you can send me a dress and I could try it on and send it back I don't know if (laughs) you know what I mean but it's just interesting to see like how you know different um vendors are kind of rolling with the punches of still trying to accommodate couples during this time and like you said I'm really interested yeah Um, I'm interested to just see like the creativity that just explodes from this dumpster fire of a year that we've had whether it's like design details or just how people are going about structuring their weddings and how like and you know I'm obsessed with wedding dresses like how like that's going to be different because weddings are going to be different for a while so I could definitely see some of these like designers kind of shifting to kind of meet the needs of these you know more out of the box you know non-traditional weddings so that's gonna be exciting yeah I think there's a lot to look for it's going to look different it's going to feel weird for a while but we're getting through this together one way Mm -hmm. or another and we're here for you we're here to help you navigate this that's our job that's our goal that's what we eat sleep and breathe uh whatever send us questions on instagram yeah, whatever you do in your job, you're probably an expert on that. And you're probably figuring out how that works during COVID times. And that's exactly what we're doing day in and day out. But yes, send us your questions on Instagram, IBWC underscore podcast. Super fun. Or you can yeah. email us at ittybittyweddingcommittee at gmail.com. You can slide into our DMs. <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, please, please, please do those. Send us those questions, those comments. Let's have fun with this. Uh, we are figuring out what our episodes are going to be for this season. So if you have ideas, we would love to know. As you can tell, if you've been listening, we love taking your ideas and making episodes of those. And yeah, if you send us something, it's very likely that you'll be hearing from us about yeah. it soon. We have fans and it's awesome. We have at least three fans and we don't I know love them. personally one of them. They're the best. They are the best. Um, ooh, before we go, you have to share the story of the, the listeners that came into your shop last week or was that two weeks ago? Yes, yes. Uh, ooh, when was that? Um, also, I just want to say our, our internet connection is being very funky. So if there's an issue, we might just cut this. But yeah, some listeners came into the shop. Uh, I have my store, a Cappuccino on Damon in Chicago, and where we're doing limited hours right now for in-person shopping and keeping accounts low. But uh, two women came in, a mother and daughter, and started talking about something. And they were just like, well, why did you open during this? And I said, well, I'm in events, so there's not much else that I'm doing these days. So yeah. she said, oh, I'm, I'm engaged too. And I said, congrats. And we talked about it. And they asked what company I owned. And I said, Chicago Vintage Weddings. And they said, oh, you're from, you're Kate from the podcast. And they, just, like, <laughs> they knew who I was. And it was That's crazy. So awesome. and I, was, I was so excited for five seconds. Then I was like, oh my God, 
I have said some weird stuff on this podcast and now I'm dealing with it face to face in a professional setting. <laughs> That's so funny, but so awesome though. Like it would, yeah, I love that. I texted you immediately. I told them too. I was like, as soon as you leave, I'm telling Allison, she's going to be so excited. I was super excited. I was like, so you're telling me you were famous now. Great. <laughs> I think, well, it was so cool too, because her mom had found it for her. Like when she got engaged, her mom found the podcast and sent it to her. So they listened yeah. to a few episodes together. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm I glad I wasn't there. Cause I'm like, Ooh, what have I said? <laughs> oh, that was no, that was my exact reaction. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, remember that time we talked about farts? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> which time that's like all we talk about I know that happens quite often but that's so awesome like I love that we're like reaching people you know and it's like we mm -hmm. obviously like we didn't start this for the intention of like let's start this podcast so like we can get famous like that wasn't our intention like we really just wanted to um have something fun that we could do and talk about what we love and be productive when we couldn't go outside and it's kind mm -hmm. of like slowly kind of evolving into this like awesome thing that other people are like listening to and appreciating. So shout out to you for visiting Kate's store and also being listeners of the show. Yes, thank you. And I don't remember what you bought anymore, but I hope you loved it. And uh, <laughs> we're, we've got some good stuff. So fingers crossed. I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah. And thank you for letting us have these weekly therapy sessions that don't cost us any money. It's great. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will talk to you soon. Until next time. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.